What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Back with Joe Mahoney tonight from Mile High Report. Joe, how you doing? 
Doing all right. You are doing all right, Ken? No complaints at all. And, uh, you know, happy about the draft. How about you feel about the Broncos? Um, I was surprised we didn't get fields uh, a little bit crestfallen, but um, I think Sertain is one of those players that's a perfect fit for the situation he landed in uh, with Vic Fangio. I think Fangio is going to turn him into a perennial all pro, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so sure in, in terms of the guy we got, very happy about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, we're here to talk about uh, offensive tackles again. You remember that Joe was on a few shows ago to talk about offensive tackle arm length and how the Ravens really had some very set patterns and taken longer tackles, really had not settled for players under 33 and a half or 34 inches. 33 and a half, I think, was Michael Orr. But uh, we're going to talk tonight about a slightly different topic, and that is what's the source of offensive tackles for, for a number of NFL teams? How how often do they switch and what are teams investing in them in terms of draft capital? We're going to go through these topics tonight. And Joe has done a tremendous amount of work looking at the last 11 drafts. Yeah, so um, if you look at the slots, uh, you know, each team has two starting tackles. 32 teams in the NFL went back five years. So that's 320 potential slots. Uh, and you find that there's only 130 different guys who have filled these 320 slots. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a lot of continuity. Once you become a starting tackle in the NFL, um, you tend to stay a starting tackle in the NFL. Um, you know, there are guys that, that are one-hit wonders, but in a lot of cases, um, those guys are only starting because the guy who was supposed to be starting got hurt. Um, yeah, we we, we and, talked a little uh, bit I've, about this up front, but, but, you know, it's a very much a size and shape position. And we see that in the way that teams draft. They draft for length. Uh, they certainly draft for height to a degree, too. They, you know, you, really important, basically, to have that length and to have those feet, which a lot of tackles on the right side aren't as competent in that area. So it ends up being a relatively small pool of total human beings that your left tackles get chosen from. Correct. Um, now, there are, I think, 16 guys who have started at, uh, at one of the tackle spots uh, for their given team uh, every year of the past five. Uh, that, that number was actually surprisingly high uh, just because, you know, the, the injury levels. Um, but uh, That's a fourth of all the spots. So it's six, 16 out of, out of 64 total tackle spots. That's one-fourth of all the team slots manned by one guy for the last five years. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Now, now, surprisingly, um, if you look at, you know, teams, you, you'd think, well, hey, if they're 16, there's going to be some teams that have both tackle spots with the same guy over the last five years. And there's only one team that has has that. And that's actually <laughs> the Bears, uh, which surprised me. I, I didn't expect the Bears to be, you know, anywhere in the conversation of, oh, yeah, they've had a really rock solid offensive line because you don't think about their offensive line being <laughs> rock solid. At least I don't. Um, so, uh, yeah, the uh, the Bears are the only guy that uh, or the only team uh, that's done that. Uh, and on the, on the flip side, you have some teams that have one of the two tackle spots, like the Broncos, that has not been manned by the same guy any consecutive year of the past five. Broncos have had a different main starting right tackle every single season going back to 2016. 
Yeah, there's definitely opposite problems here. The Ravens, of course, four years out of five with Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. But this last year, Ronnie Stanley only, I think, played started seven games, if I recall correctly. Might have started the eighth. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the Steelers game was. But he got hurt. And I think Orlando Brown's actually the starting right tackle listed by Pro Football Reference, which is what you went by, right? To Correct. determine those, those starting tackles. So uh, even the team like the Ravens, who's had a, a, a fine left tackle for that period, didn't have the same starter for all five years. And, of course, they switched to Brown in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so Brown's one of the guys that's actually done something that's difficult to do, which a lot of people who don't look at the offensive line don't realize is that moving from one side to the other, whether that's right to left or left to right, um, is not simple. Uh, there's a lot of muscle memory that, that that is involved in playing one side or the other, particularly a tackle. And, you know, I, I liken it, I'm a guitar player, I liken it to, to being a right-hander and trying to play a left-handed guitar. Um, <laughs> you can do it, but you're going to sound really bad. Um, and so, you know, if you look at with these 320 uh, slots, there's only seven times where a starter has gone from one side one year to the other side the next year, whether that's left to right or right to left. Uh, one of those was Orlando Brown, um, who had to move from right tackle to left, um, who was actually, I think, for the Ravens, listed as the starting left tackle because he was the guy who started the most games at left tackle for the Ravens last season, but that was out of necessity. And in some cases, this is out of necessity, but in some cases, um, or in the other cases, what I found is it's you've got a an entrenched starter at left tackle, a highly drafted guy at right tackle, um, who once he gets his feet wet and gets his sea legs, if we will, in the NFL, then switches sides, moves over to the left, starts on the right, moves over to the left. Um, guys like uh, DJ Humphreys, uh, who did that for the Cardinals, he started out on the right side as a rookie. They had Jared Valdir at the left. Uh, the following season, they actually switched sides. Uh, Valdir went to the right side, was the starting right tackle in 2017 for the Cardinals, and Humphreys was the starting left tackle. And Humphreys has actually been their starting left tackle every year since. Um, some of the other names that have done it of the other seven are got you know they're not household names um and in, in most of these cases it was they had a, a starter at left tackle he went down their best option at left tackle was the guy who had played right um so you can look at like the eagles with vitai he had been a right tackle jason peters went down they moved him over to left um uh, you can look at what the texans had to do with chris clark uh, who's a former bronco moving from right to left. So, Cedric um, Boy, he just to go over this entire list, because they're terrible names, Sam Tevy of the Chargers, uh, Chris Clark, an undrafted free agent, uh, originally of the Broncos. He went to the Texans to do it, did you say? He played yes. left tackle there? Okay. Texans. And then Humphreys is really the only one who's worked out. Humphreys is legitimately one of the one of the best tackles in the game right now. Uh, so it's not like it, there's no precedent for the Orlando Brown move, but it really does give pause to whether or not this is likely to work out. Now, Brown played left tackle, but so what? Most right tackles in the NFL played left tackle in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a lot of guys who played left or right tackle in college and, and 
their arms are too short and they end up at garter center in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we saw a bunch of those guys drafted this year of the, uh, the, the quote unquote 24 tackles who were picked this year. I'm predicting probably about 11 or 12 of them are going to end up at some position other than tackle in the NFL. Um, which is a high number. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the, a the 24 is a really high number of, of tackles drafted overall, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, generally, the percentage that ends up at uh, at guard and center is lower than fifty percent. Right. Um, well, if when you when you go back to your previous statement though about the number of guys who'd stayed at the position, you had one thirty out of three twenty had stayed there for the five years. You're going to have a turnover rate that wouldn't allow for many more than 12 new tackles in the league per year. Now, I'm not saying the same number get drafted every year, but if you had 12 getting turned over every single year, then you turn over the the whole league in five years. And mm-hmm. that seems, I'm not sure if that's right or wrong. I'm not sure if that's that's too long or too short, honestly, but but it's a it's a fair amount of turnover yeah well and then you you know you also have to look at the 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 career average career of a even a good offensive tackle right you've got mm-hmm. your for every um you know jason peters who's been playing for what 15 years and andrew whitworth who's been playing since god was a boy um you you have guys like joe staley who was really good but you know, hung it up after what ten seasons, eleven seasons. Uh, so that's a long career too. I got well, I mean, that's, it's not a short career. Right? Yeah. It's, but the the one thing about it is, for for elite offensive tackles, uh, it's pretty rare for them to you know, be really good for five or six years and then decide that they're done with football. Yes, um, I, I would agree. And and if you look at the draft capital spent at left tackle traditionally because it's this limited size and shape pool you have to get more play out of those guys because they just there's just not that large a pool it's kind of like quarterbacks there's not there aren't 32 nfl quarterbacks that meet the standard for being an nfl quarterback right right it's um and and that that there's a great segue into you know i guess my next point which is you know how many draft how many tackles teams have drafted over the past 11 drafts and the highest in the league is minnesota and they've taken 10 Mm-hmm. So even a team that's really, you know, invested in taking a tackle just about every year still hasn't taken one every season. Um, and, uh, you know, you can look at quantity versus quality. So you've got the Chiefs who are, are tied for last with only having drafted four tackles, but have invested the most draft capital per tackle. Um, so if you look at, you know, eight career expected AV per draft slot, mm-hmm. uh, the Chiefs have invested what equates to the uh, 23rd pick. So a career expected career AV of 14.5. Um, so the, they, a lot of that's tied up in Eric Fisher being drafted first overall, right? They took Fisher and let me I can pull it up and see the um, other guys that the Chiefs have drafted because I've got it currently sorted by uh, franchise. So let me look at the other names. But that's OK. Um, we don't, we don't, you can do it if you want to. But I just want to make a point as you're doing it anyway. The fact that the Chiefs drafted only four guys doesn't mean that's the extent of draft capital the Chiefs have spent on the position because they've they've made trades and they've obviously spent not just cap dollars to get free agents, which they've done some of that with Mitchell Swartz, I guess, was a free agent signing that was mm-hmm. quite expensive. But but if you look at others, um, you know, they traded for Orlando Brown. That was a significant output of capital. And I don't think he's the only one, but he might be. <laughs> um, go ahead. 
Yeah, so the the other guys are, are names that I you know nobody's going to recognize. Um, well, I recognize Donald Stevenson because he was a terrible free agent signing that John Elway made. Uh, he was a third round pick, 74th overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Allen, uh, second round pick back in 2012 uh, at tackle, uh, and then uh, Lucas Niang um, in 2020 uh, was a third round pick, 96th overall. So we're talking about uh, day one and day two picks. So all of their picks have been. Uh, day one and day two. And it's the same thing with the Broncos. The Broncos have only drafted four tackles, um, but because all of them have been first, second, third round picks, um, they've all, you know, the 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 average draft capital spent per tackle, uh, the Broncos are tied for fourth. Um, and then you've got the flip side of that. You've got teams like the Ravens mm-hmm. uh, who are towards the bottom. Uh, I, I want to come back to that in just a minute, if you will. Sure. Go ahead. I want to go back to where do teams tend to get their tackles? Break that down for us by percentage, and then we'll come back to some of the, the Ravens and the economy they've had in terms of drafting tackles. Okay. So um, if you look at the 320 slots, um, mm-hmm. 189 of those were filled by players that the team drafted. So 59%. Uh, the next highest percentage is 24%, uh, and that's free agent signings. So essentially one in four of the, the starting tackle slots were filled by a team, by a player a team signed as a free agent. And as you and I both know, free agent offensive tackles are pretty expensive. Now, as I, as I was I was corrected last week on Twitter, they're not as expensive as free agent wide receivers, surprisingly. Um, I would have thought that that was flipped, but um, the next uh, highest uh, percentage is actually undrafted uh, college free agent offensive tackles who are developed by the team that they end up playing for. That's 13%. And, and again, this number surprised me. Only 4% of all of the starting tackle slots over the last five years have been filled by guys obtained in a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Trade's pretty rare at the, in the NFL these days. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, where, where you have like Orlando Brown going to the Chiefs, uh, that's a pretty rare occurrence. Um, uh, I actually found that a bunch of Browns uh, have been traded at tackle, but uh, outside of that, not too many of them. I, I, one of the points I wanted to make about the free agency, because, uh, you know, obviously we've looked at some free agent deals and they tend to be very big money. When you have a good tackle, Teams often won't let him get to free agency, a particularly good left tackle. I mean, just you, you, you franchise him and then, you, you know, fifth year option, then you franchise, then you make sure you get a deal done before it's too late. And in a lot of ways, that's the way it, it, it went down with Ronnie Stanley, with the Ravens. It's with other players as well. I think we've seen it. It may happen with Orlando Brown next year with the Chiefs is they'll have to kind of decide, do we want to franchise him? Do we want to extend him long term? Do we want to just get him for one year more while we have maybe a window? But there are a lot of cheap free agents tackles that end up starting for you because of A, injury, or B, because you didn't have another option at the position. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher, Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. 
At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only excludes Alaska and Hawaii. And the Ravens last year, great, great example on that with DJ Fluker is actually the listed starting right tackle for the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, a, you know, kind of a bargain basement signing because yep. he had flamed out for two other teams prior, despite being a really highly drafted guy. Um, I think he was, what, 11th, 11th overall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when I looked at, you know, because the, the Broncos with Juwan James going down with his Achilles uh, are now back in the position of needing a right tackle. And it seems like every year we need a new right tackle. Um, but uh, I looked at the available free agent right tackles, and every guy out there is over the age of 30. Uh, course, so yeah. it's kind of like if you if you have, if you're decent at all, um, as a as an offensive tackle in the NFL, you're going to get retained by the team that drafted you. You're going to get re-signed, uh, extended, because there is such a dearth of talent on the offensive line and particularly at the offensive tackle position. What this reminds me of is left-handed relievers and the way loogies, left-handed one-out guys, used to be able to stay around for years. And Jesse Roscoe is the poster child for that. I think he, stayed, he was still pitching at age 47. But, you know, guys who would stay for years just getting one out now. Yeah. Now, they've, they've, they've kind of changed the rules to get away from loogies in baseball because you got to face three batters now yeah but it's interesting that that uh you know the right tackle situation in particular if when you when you want a backup right tackle you know even at that spot you're probably better off going to find the best 32 year old guy who used to be able to play than you are trying to put a guard there yeah yeah and um it's one of the things that you know kind of was maddening to me when I looked at is the Broncos just haven't been drafting offensive tackles. You know, if you, if you look at it, this is a position where, you know, almost two out of three of the starting spots are filled by a guy that a team drafted. Um, And that, that doesn't mean that this was the guy that was expected to start there. You know, this could have been a guy that just filled in because you're the expected starter got injured. Um, But, you know, you've, you've still got, the teams that are, appear to be at least be succeeding are developing talent. Um, and what's maddening to me as a Broncos fan is that we've got a Hall of Fame offensive line coach mm-hmm. who's known for, in fact, I wrote an article about this a couple years ago, Mike Munchak got a lot out of day three and undrafted guys. Uh, you know, you look at Alejandro Villanueva. I mean, it he was undrafted, out right? Draft capital there for the right. Broncos. Um, you know, it, 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 it and so everybody's saying, oh, well, maybe it's because Mike Munchak um, thinks that he can turn Calvin Anderson or um, oh, Jesus, the undrafted free agent, you know, basketball player that we got out of northern Illinois, um, who's like 6'10". No, no, he's a um, ah, crap. Uh, Drew Himmelman. As his name, he's he's either six nine or six ten. Uh, at any rate, you know everybody's saying, "Oh, he's the next Alejandro Villanueva. He's an undrafted tackle who's really tall." And I'm like, mm, "Yeah, I wouldn't go that far because we've had other practice squad tackles who were tall that you know couldn't cut it at all." Um, so, 
Okay, so let's move on. Let's move back to the point we started to get into, and it's kind of the finishing point because I think it's one of the coolest things you've done here is to look at the economy that teams had. So we, point number three that you just made here is that you better get your guys either from the draft or free, from your undrafted group. That's where 72% of tackles come from. Right. If you try and trade for it, there's just not that many total that will ever get traded. Terms might be very unfavorable. If you go to free agency, it's, it's, it's expensive to get a good one. It's maybe inexpensive to get a bad one. Teams don't generally need a bad one. So you really want to focus on where you're, where you're drafting UDFA, what players you're getting there that might be good lottery tickets. Yeah. Well, and in the case of the Broncos, if you're, dra- if you're paying for a free agent right tackle, you're definitely getting a bad one. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so, yeah, if, if you go back and you look at the draft capital invested over the past 11 drafts, uh, the Dolphins are actually the highest in the league. Um, if, you know, by, by AV units, they've invested 87.4 uh, units of draft capital into Let, the offensive tackle what an AV unit means. Is that, uh, so ahead. an AV unit is basically the expected career um, approximate value of a player drafted at that slot. Okay, so, so let's be clear. Let's be clear about what that means, because you you look at say the third overall pick in the draft, and that has an expected AV value that is not dependent on position. It is an AV value that is ascribed to that spot. And it might be 24 or something. I don't really know. Do you know? You happen to know? Um, what? I can I, hang on. I'll pull it up for the uh, for the ones. But it, yeah, it, it won't endanger the point. But I'm, I'm, what I'm what I'm going to say is, you probably have a fairly steep drop off in the first few picks, and then a, a very long, slow drop off through the rest of the draft. It, it goes from I think 36 in the first spot to I think when, by the time you get to the the sixth round, it's 0.1. Right. So basically says that, you know, if you're the first overall pick, um, you're going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of four years as a starter, Um, because even if you're the worst starter in the league at your position, I think by Mm -hmm. by pro football references metric, you get an AV of eight. Um, And so, you know, at least four years if you're the first overall pick, whereas most guys who are sixth and seventh rounders with a, you know, expected return, expected career AV of 0.1 basically means most of these guys picked in in that slot. And I think they've gone back to, you know, I don't know how far in terms of what the average is, you know, how many numbers they're averaging to get to that value. Mm -hmm. But let's say they're going back to uh, to 1980 or something, you know, when we Mm -hmm. when we first had 20 or what 78 when we first had 28 teams um i think that was the first year of 28 teams or maybe that was the first year of 14 games i can never remember which was which six was the first year of the bucks and the and the uh seahawks seahawks so they're probably going back there just because the um the draft well i don't know i don't know how far they're going back at any rate Mm -hmm. they're averaging a whole bunch of numbers and they're looking at the career of every guy who was drafted um at that position Mm-hmm. And so that's where how we're yeah, getting so to this. And what a, I'm saying is, you know, if, if let's say, you know, a team had had spent um, had only had two picks at offensive tackle in the last 11 seasons, but they were both the first overall pick, which probably wouldn't happen. You have to have a team that was really, really like their offensive tackles to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they would have spent just with those two picks, like 72 AV units mm-hmm. in two picks. And for perspective, that's more than every team in the league has spent on offensive tackles over the last um, 11 seasons, with the exception of two. And those would be the, the Dolphins and the Giants. 
Okay, so Dolphins and Giants have spent a lot of draft capital. So a few things go into that. You're a bad team. You have a lot of draft capital to spend at the top of the first round. Uh, so, so let's take a look at the Ravens, particularly Ravens show. I know you're a Broncos guy, but how have the Ravens approached the drafting at left tackle? Well, the Ravens have taken nine guys um, at, at, as offensive tackles uh, going back to 2011. Uh, and those range from Ronnie Stanley, who was taken with the sixth overall pick, uh, to uh, two guys who were taken in the sixth round. So they didn't, they haven't used any any seventh round picks on offensive tackles, um, but a lot of uh, guys in the second, third, and fourth round. Uh, so if we want to do this, um, well, I don't, I haven't, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll run down the list really. Yeah, quick. okay. So I've the got guys it. they've drafted in the last 10 years are Tyree Phillips, Orlando Brown, Gregory Sinat, Ronnie Stanley, Alex Lewis, uh, Ryan Wagner. Ryan Jensen, who obviously ended up at center, so he was drafted as a tackle but didn't end up there. Uh, Kalechi Osemele, who played his best years as guard but was was as a center. And Ja Reed, who didn't play much for the Ravens, and, and he was pretty good at guard, I think, briefly for the Kansas City and maybe also at tackle there as well for about one year. I think he was on the Saints for a year or two as well, hmm. but um, I just remember looking at the guys blocking for uh, uh, for Drew Brees at one point. And because uh, this is when I was thinking about, you know, the heights of guards and whether or not short quarterbacks could throw over tall guards and tall tackles. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so the, the Ravens with their nine picks, um, that's a lot of guys. I mean, it's the second by, on, in terms of absolute number. That's the second most of any team over this time period in terms of drafting, quote unquote, tackles. Um but uh, if you look at the actual draft capital, uh, they're down there at, I think, what did I say, 23rd? Um, uh, Is that per, per tackle taken? Yeah. Um, okay. So it's 6.3 per tackle taken is what I'm seeing. And and let's let's relate that 6.3 directly to a spot in the draft, because I thought that was what was interesting. So about, about number 85? Uh, somewhere in that range. Um, I, 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 for some reason, I can't get my uh, my spreadsheet to unhide. Um, but yeah, it's it's somewhere in the 85, eight between. I think it was between 80 and 105, somewhere in there. Probably closer to the 80 side though, uh, in terms of the the AV uh, per draft slot. Uh, okay, I just want to point this out because I think it's very interesting. Orlando Brown drafted 83rd overall almost exactly fits this metric, meaning he was like an average tackle, only projected to have 6.3 units of career AV, and he is currently at 31 career AV. So great draft pick for the Ravens to find a guy who bombed the combine, obviously draft him. He's already had five times the career value expected from this AV metric, and then they traded and they got something for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I, I actually saw an article two or three days ago about um, from Orlando Brown saying, oh, yeah, I know I, I completely tanked the combine. Um, and that's the only reason that I fell as far as I did, uh, which is interesting to see, a, you know, a player specifically stating that, um, you know, because you've got guys like uh, I think Central Henderson, if you go back a ways um, who. I think he he like had an altercation off the field, beat somebody up, had criminal charges against him, would have been a, a day one or a day two pick, ended up falling to the seventh round, um, and uh, was a, a starter. Yeah, yeah, and he ended up being a starter for I think a couple of years for the for the um, the Bills, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see 
uh, you know, what happens when guys <laughs> screw up and or do really well in the combine. Okay, so we've highlighted on two major theories that teams take. So one is the Chiefs method. Don't don't really draft your own players. They did draft Eric Fisher, and he hang around, hung around for them for a while. Uh, but basically, is you can acquire guys via the trade, via free agency, and maybe they even say we're not as good at, as at developing these guys. We'd rather have somebody else develop and and, and we'll protect our store quarterback with a uh, with a tackle we can acquire. Or you can take the Ravens way, which is basically get a lot of lottery tickets. They did spend the only high draft pick they've had in the last, what, since Terrell Suggs was drafted, probably, uh, to, to, to get uh, um, Ronnie Stanley. But otherwise, they've, they've spent really no high draft picks on it. Uh, uh, assembly would be the second highest in the second round. And they've got a lot of lottery tickets, and they've had a lot of payoff on those tickets. Yeah, well, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, the, let's say the starting right tackles going back to 2016 for the the Ravens. So we've got, you know, Rag- Ricky Wagner in 2016, mm-hmm. Austin Howard in 2017, Orlando Brown 2018, 2019, uh, and then moving over to, to left tackle for 2020 with DJ Fluker. But you know, Fluker was a free agent. Um, Howard oh, was a free that? agent. Um, but uh, you know, the rest of that, you've you've got. Um, two free agents and eight of your ten slots, uh, starting right or starting tackles filled by guys you drafted. Uh, so you know, the, the, as far as like doing it well, drafting guys and actually having those guys start, um, or developing undrafted free agents, having those guys start at tackle, uh, the Ravens are ahead of the curve. Um, whereas the you know the Broncos have had a free agent right tackle uh, start four out of the five seasons. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you probably consider that a failure when it happens. Of course, with the Ravens this last year, I don't really consider it as a failure as much as kind of bad luck on the injury front causing that to happen. It's not a good result, you know, to end up with DJ Fluker be your backup plan. But it was going to be some free agent being there anyway. Joe, really appreciate having you on the show again. Uh, always terrific. A very, very good discussion about football. I love the way you approach research about this. Uh, you know, very much, very analytic and, and uh, very interesting to, to, you know, go back and forth on some of these topics. Tell folks where they can find your work. Uh, so my right, our uh, Twitter, uh, Jumbo 76 I post a lot of stuff, um, but full articles I write for Mile High Report. Uh, and if you want to read more about this or go into more depth, I, I had something uh, published today uh, where you can look at, uh, you know, the, the entire league. And if you happen to be a fan of, of some team other than the Broncos or the Ravens, you can see how your team is done in terms of, you know, drafting tackles. Um, or signing free agent tackles and what you've gotten out of them. And, uh, uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on. I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, you know, hopefully I'll have something as interesting to talk about next time around, although, uh, I don't know. I, I, I always think, oh, man, what am I going to do next? And, and then, then thankfully, I come up with something interesting, but uh, it's, uh, you, we'll see. You can't help but, like, being on Twitter is a good – it, it's there's a lot of needling on Twitter, but a lot of it is good needling in terms of needling your brain to come up with what's the next thing I want to think about. Definitely. Anyway, really appreciate you having having you on, Joe, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Film study. Thanks, Ken. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. 
It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.